The Woj Pod is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. My name is uh, Jansen Lukumbo. I was born in 1994. I'm, I'm an all-around all player. I can jump, I can shoot, I can pass the ball. I can do everything in the court. After Greece finally granted Giannis citizenship and a passport, he traveled to national team events in France and Italy. NBA scouts were in hot pursuit. As the procession of front office executives steered toward the Italian beach town of Yezolo in early June to scout him, there were two Eastern Conference teams especially eager to see more, Milwaukee and Atlanta. Bucks assistant general manager Jeff Weltman spent two days in March scouting Giannis in Athens. Scouting in Europe is just such a different world and you just never know what to expect. There's so many different levels, but even for an experienced uh, NBA scout, it was kind of um, at a level that was a little surprising. It was basically, I, I would say it had the feel of like a local YMCA and you'd walk into a very small lobby and there like a, there's a girls volleyball team going down the hall. And, you know, when we, when we watched practice, uh, I'll never forget, man, his coach came up on a motorcycle and he's wearing like faded jeans and black sneakers and a t-shirt. And he just spoke to like, well, this is, this is clearly not, you know, a high level. I would be surprised if many of the players um, didn't have day jobs. From the Woj Pod, this is the Giannis Draft. Episode 2. I don't think it's not, it's not really like this aha moment. It's kind of like the very slow, or in this case, kind of, I would say quick, um, just accumulation of, of information that you're just seeing visually. You know, you just, the kid walks out and it's like, wow, he's bigger than you realize. And look how big his hands are. And wow, like, look, like the stroke doesn't look that bad. And, and so you just kind of see. And then when they start actually um, doing drills and practicing, you get to see just how he processes and how um, even-tempered he was. It was interesting because I think Jeff was in a very tough spot. I think he's probably the voice that has been the least heard in this draft story and probably played one of the biggest roles. Because when he was in Greece, he's the one who went to Hammond and said, John, we need to take a look at this kid. When he came back from Greece, it was Weltman who called me and said, Alex, I don't know what you're thinking about this kid. I don't know if you know what you have in this kid, but... You, you need to make sure that you're on top of it because you're talking about someone who can be a generational talent. That was Alex Saratsis, and he had been waiting a long time to hear that about one of his clients. So far, Saratsis hadn't even met Giannis, nor even seen him play in person. But he kept hearing people, people whose opinions he respected, telling him he had something here. I got a phone call from my partner, Yorgos Dimitropoulos and Yorgos Panu, and they called me and said, we, we have the next Magic Johnson. Now, in this business, anybody, whether they're, you know, the best agents in the world or they are, you know, small agents, get 
phone calls and emails all the time. I've got this prospect. I've got that prospect, you know, and most of the times you just say, sure, sure. Um, let me just take a look and see what I can see, what I can figure out. And the majority of the time they're, they're not great prospects. But in this case, when Yorgos Banu, whose basketball opinion I trust entirely says, I have the next magic Johnson. At first I was a bit uh, doubtful, a little trepidatious about it. I had only seen what most NBA teams had seen. I'd seen the grainy footage. I'd seen him, you know, going coast to coast, spin moves, finishing, passing. So I had the same information, but I had someone in, in GP that I trust his basketball opinion wholeheartedly. And that's really, I would say, after that phone call, the trajectory of my career changed. Alexandros Konstantinos Saratsis, born March 9, 1980, in Athens, Greece. At seven years old, he moved with his family to Mexico City, then Tokyo, and finally arrived in Chicago to study political science at Northwestern University. Every summer, he traveled back to live in his grandmother's one-bedroom apartment in the Pangrati section of Athens, listening to Greek music, reading Greek books, and eating cheese pies. He never intended to become an NBA agent. He spoke four languages fluently. His mother had been a secretary at the Greek embassy in Mexico City. That got him thinking about perhaps becoming a diplomat and traveling the world. But in a difficult post 9-11 economy, Saratsis took an internship at a sports agency and life kept moving him in that direction. The two Georges, Panu and Dimitropoulos, were European partners for Octagon, the agency where Alex had started to work his way up, which meant that they did the bird dogging to discover young prospects in Europe, and Saratsis leveraged his NBA relationships to manage the next stage of the player's career. After a decade on the job, Alex had a roster of two NBA clients, Rudy Gay and Kendall Marshall. Oh, gosh. Uh, 2012, yeah, 11 years of just making mistakes, growing, learning, falling on my face, making mistakes, growing, learning. And um, I was hopefully on an upward trajectory at that point. But in 2012, I didn't know kind of what was going to happen next. And then when they started talking to me about his entire situation, he's got no passport. He's an illegal immigrant. I mean, it was great. The basketball talent, it, it's clearly there. But man, the complexities of what we'd have to do to get this kid to do, to, to even get out of the country or, or be recognized, seemed to me almost insurmountable. Difficult, yes. But it wouldn't be insurmountable. Giannis's perspective was far different than many of the young prospects and their families Saratsis found himself recruiting. American kids knew all about the NBA draft, all about the teams, and all about the shoe deals and marketing endorsements that they wanted an agent like Alex to deliver. As complicated as some of the issues surrounding Giannis were, much else with him seemed far simpler. He would go to internet cafes and watch highlight clips. Um, you know, he didn't he loved, I mean, he grew up watching Allen Iverson. I mean, they, you don't really get many NBA games in Greece. And if you do, it's at three o'clock in the morning. So obviously everybody knows who the NBA is and they know Scottie Pippen and they know Michael Jordan and they know Kobe Bryant and they know all those guys. But 
I, I, he was, I think, very naive to obviously the, the business of basketball. I think anybody that comes into the NBA is naive to the business of basketball. I think he had an understanding and I think he knew players, but you know, I, I don't think he understood the way that the draft process worked by, by any means. What do we need to do to get him prepared? And not not physically, mentally, emotionally. We knew the draft process was going to be complicated. But what do we need to do to be prepared so that if this is a decision that we make, that he's going to be an NBA player, um, what do we need to do? How do we strategize? And and I think it at first it was, well, how do we how do we do this? He he's never left the country. The prototypical draft process for an international guy is you go to the Euro camp, um, you go to the Nike Hoop Summit, you come to the U.S., you do workouts. All of those were not possible. It was more of a a discussion of like, who is this kid? And and he's playing against these, you know, equivalent of YMCA players. So we couldn't bring him in for workouts. We couldn't do any of that stuff. So for us, it's how do we bring awareness? How do we give information uh, to NBA teams? And how do we... Um, assuade any doubts that people have on who he is as a player and who he is as a person. The most important thing to Giannis above all is his family. You know, when you grow up in that kind of an environment, you are a, what is it? Uh, six people living in a, an apartment that's 250 square feet. You know, you go out and you sell goods to provide for your family and to eat. The only thing, his only ambitions were, I want to take care of my family in whatever context that may be. Is that Panathinaikos, Olympiakos, Saragossa, the NBA, he didn't know. All he wanted to do was make sure that his family had food to eat, that they would be able to live a good life. And anything else after that was really just a, a vehicle or a means to be able to provide. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. As the draft approached, the Atlanta Hawks became increasingly obsessive and clandestine in the pursuit of Giannis. Danny Ferry, the number two pick in the 1989 draft, had a distinguished playing career and a run to the NBA Finals as Cleveland's general manager. Wes Wilcox built his reputation in the league's video rooms and scouting circles. Together, they understood that you couldn't recruit big free agents to Atlanta. You had to draft them. The Hawks had made the playoffs, but they needed star power and Giannis represented that possibility smack in the middle of the first round. Atlanta owned two picks, numbers 16 and 18, right behind Milwaukee 
at 15. Atlanta was by far the most aggressive, by far the most um, uh, consistent. The only comparative moment that that I remember was was when he was playing in Jasolo, um, which was with, you know, just outside of Treviso. Hawks assistant general manager, Wes Wilcox. Because the way he would grab the ball off the board, push it in transition, um, and make a pass, it reminded you of Magic Johnson. And I remember... I remember calling Danny and saying, Danny, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but he reminds me of Magic Johnson, but he can't be Magic Johnson. Like, I talked myself off of it. I wasn't even bold enough to say, you know, he can be Magic Johnson. Like, but that, that's, and I just, but this is coming from a kid who grew up in LA and watched, you know, Magic grab the ball off the board on TV, KCAL 9, and make that pass. Like, but that's what it reminded you of. But again, it's important to say, I, I immediately took that off the table because I, frankly, didn't think he was going to be Magic Johnson. I remember Wes called me after the tournament in Italy said, we probably have no chance to get him now. And I said, well, if you guys are absolutely 100% certain that you're going to bring him to the NBA next year, then we can shake on it. And I can say, because they'd been, we had talked about his development. We talked about Kenny Atkinson. We talked about everything. And we were very comfortable with him. One thing that I wanted to say that a lot of people don't know is that Atlanta, when when I met them, I didn't meet them for the first time in uh um, Atlanta. They came to me um, or in uh, Treviso. I don't remember if I met them there, but in uh, sorry, Italy. They came in. Uh, I was in France. You know, I had this uh, competition, and uh, uh, what's his name? Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson. Yes, this guy. There was like there's a guy in the lobby looking for you. I went down. I'm like, who is this guy? This guy had his laptop like you. Had these uh, Kobe clips and uh, Atlanta clips. It was Kobe, you know, the uh, Lakers versus uh, Atlanta playing. And he told me, come, let's watch some clips. I'm like, what? okay, cool. And I'm looking. He's like, what would you do in this situation? Pass. What would you do in this situation? Pass. What would you do in this situation? Pass. He's like, you like to pass, huh? Like, yeah, I'm a basketball player. I, there's, there's five people guarding Kobe. <laughs> I'm like, pass the ball. You know, I didn't know how the NBA worked. I just felt like people cared about me. Coming all the way to France and seeing me and just to watch clips and get my opinion. I remember telling West, if you guys are willing to guarantee me right now that he's going to come to the NBA next year, I think we can do it, and I think we could put a plan together for that. And subsequently, the next day, I got on the phone with Danny Ferry and Wes, and everybody was trying to save cap space. And I remember talking on the phone with Danny, and he said, yeah, no, we're going to bring him over, except if we get Dwight Howard or if we bring Chris Paul, and then we don't have cap space. And I remember telling Danny, that's, that's, that's a non-starter for us. Either you commit to him now, or we'll just keep kind of going through this process. It took him a a total of probably a nanosecond to say, okay, fine. The call with Saratsis and Atlanta management sealed a non-binding promise known as a draft day guarantee. The Hawks committed to choosing a Tenacumpo with their first available pick on draft night, and Saratsis' job was to do everything he could to clear that path. He would restrict teams' access to medical records, workouts, and interviews. 
To the rest of the league, the draft's biggest enigma was about to become even more mysterious. Saratsis was far less interested in how early Giannis would be selected on draft night and much more focused on getting him to the right organization to maximize his development. Saratsis and the Georgias were sold on Atlanta's vision for Giannis, rooted in the GM and coach's pedigree as part of the San Antonio Spurs' developmental machine. Draft night was less than two weeks away, and on Giannis's trip to New York, there would be a stop, Atlanta. And the Hawks didn't want anyone in the world to know. So we had agreed with Atlanta, you know, he's shut down, he's going to go there. And so two days before, they flew to Atlanta. And the funny part about it is, and a lot of people don't know this, is Giannis refused to get on the plane. He was not going to get on the plane because at first, uh, well, they said, he said, well, my whole family has to come. First of all, they told me, I think they told me to go by myself. I was like, no, no way. I'm going with my, I'm going with my brother. I'm going with my family. It was like we can't take all your family because you don't have the documents. And then my dad was like, okay, you take um, tenacity. So we went, uh, we went together. What he was explained, we can't tell nobody where we're going. Um, you're going to get get drafted. I told my dad. I said when I come back, they told me that our life's going to be different. I'm going to change change our life to the better. I thought I'm going to go, go there and come back with load full of cash for some reason. I don't know why I thought that, but it was, it was not the case. I was in sheer panic mode because when you know Giannis and he is dead set on something, you do not change his mind very easily. Um, he is very strong in his beliefs. He has very good for core fundamental values and he doesn't change them for anyone so there was a very good chance that this whole thing went sideways because he wasn't going to get on the plane and if he doesn't get on the plane then it's it's really well you know what whoever drafts him drafts him at that point you know we have nothing to, to do with that but luckily he gets on the plane so we get to atlanta that's my first time like getting to you know, the u.s atlanta hawks general manager danny ferry at that point kind of no one knew he was coming except our owner and 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 bud and kenny and the assistant gm wes and uh when he got there i pulled the staff together and said hey this is this kid's here i don't want anyone to know he's here because i don't want to know anyone anyone to know of our interest um and you know we um opened the circle all the way within our organization at that time, he came to the arena, and uh, he walked into the arena. It was dark, and he was with his brother. And uh, the joy that he had, and the excitement, um, the energy that he walked in there with was like, you know, this is kind of his first like, wow, this is going to be my life. I'm going to do. I'm going to play in places like this. I'm going to be here living in America, the, you know, playing in the best league in the world. You know, he was just star-eyed, almost his eyes were almost watering, um, that he was so excited to be in the United States and, and to play basketball in the NBA. There was Tommy, are you hungry? 
was like, yeah, uh, do you want some chicken wings? You know, Atlanta, I'm probably famous for the chicken wings, I don't know. So um, we go to this place, they give us these huge ass chicken wings, right? And this huge ass Sprite uh, in the cup. It's like, oh man, I'm loving this, you know, I'm with the nasties. Uh, we eat and then they say, okay, after we eat, let's just go like look at the gym, you know, look at the practice facility, where you go and play and all that. And um, so we walk in. Who did I meet? I meet uh, Danny Ferry, Wes, and uh, Coach Bud came in. It's crazy. Coach Bud came in. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be your coach. Uh, I'm excited to... Um, meet you i'm excited to have you as a player all that and i was like okay can i can i like practice it's like yeah you can do whatever you want to do i was like for real like i can just like yeah you know i was 18 at the time so me and then start practicing start going hard we end up practice for like two hours so after uh we put on our clothes and we were about to leave it was like no you can shower here we can shower <laughs> Oh man, it's it's man. When I go back to these stories, they're so sweet to me. You know, um, it reminds me of really good memories. Takes me back. Then we showered. Then they had the back. Then they had the Josh Smith. You know, and I was like sitting in his chair, acting like I was him, pretending that I was him. And after that, we went to uh, yeah, Dan Ferry's house. He showed me uh, his house. We had dinner. I met his uh, kids. It was just this great experience. You know, I was telling Thanasi, okay, this way Alex and Kos is going to go to school. This way they're going to go to college. Uh, this way maybe we might get a house. I remember when they told me specifically, don't, you know, that time, the, you know, the social media was out, right? You know, the Facebooks, Twitter and all that. And they told me, like, don't post nothing. Don't uh, check in in your hotel with a different name. Uh, when we went to the uh, to do the physical, we went through the back, like nobody could see me. You know, when we went to eat the, the chicken, we went to this part like he was right, right in a corner, like nobody knew about. And Alex told me, "Don't say nothing." I was like, oh, "I can't." I, you know, I was scared, so they told me to not say nothing, not say a word, do not walk in the street. And all that, so I just follow the rules, and um, I just try to do whatever it took, what I had to do just to, you know, get drafted. Wes Wilcox. I'll never forget going to pick him up from the physical when they were walking down Peachtree Street. <laughs> I'm like, you, you're not supposed to be <laughs> in public uh, walking down Peachtree Street. Uh, Thanasis and Giannis, uh, I'll never forget that. Did you? Did you? Get him into your car quickly. As quickly as you can. <laughs> well, you had to, like, you know, play it a little bit cool because yeah. then people would think it's strange. Like, why are they trying to hurry up and get these two, you know, young kids in his car? I remember talking about, do we want them walking through the airport and what are the other options? And ultimately, we decided they have to walk through the airport. Um, and so, yeah, you, you are... Absolutely, you're concerned about you know who could see him, who could say something. You know, they're just. They're, Giannis was, you know, very. You know, we know he was six nine, very thin, looked like an athlete. Um, and so we were trying to do our best to to keep him hidden, but I don't think we did a great job of that. 
Thanasis came with him, his older brother. Um, so um, it was fun because over the years, you know, Th- Thanasis, after the fact, is trying to make his way in the NBA. So you have a good rapport with Thanasis. Um, but, you know, we, we couldn't work him out, but we couldn't keep him out of the gym. He wanted a ball. He wanted to go shoot. He's shooting. I don't even know what he was wearing. I don't think it was basketball clothes. Um, I remember Thanasis and Giannis sitting in our locker room. And I remember us giving them, like, you know, the normal stuff that you would give to a draft workout prospect, you know, uniform or gear, shoes, and they were, like, so grateful. I'll never forget how grateful they were for, like, some draft workout gear. I think I never gave it back. I have it until this day. I I didn't give it back. (laughs) There's no way on earth I'm giving you that back. You know, um, they gave me Atlanta Hawks. They gave me flip-flops. They gave me shoes. They gave me socks. First of all, nobody gave me socks before. <laughs> like, come on, man. And uh, so, so they gave me all this stuff. And I'm like, Joris, you gotta tell them that from where, where I where I came from and how I grew up, you're not taking this back. Just know that. I was like, no, this is yours. They gave me so much shoes that I had the full bag bag to uh, like it was big, like uh, not a uh, suitcase with a bunch of shoes in it, which I took all of them back home right and um, and I took it back home to my the, to my family my dad was happy my dad was trying some my cousin was trying some on my mom is always left out because there's always all, all boy stuff never girl stuff I felt bad for her her whole life but uh, one thing that I really understand from this. And after when I'm done playing, I want to be like a, a scout and all that, like find players and talent. Basically, what made me want to come to Atlanta and, um, you know, be drafted is because they showed me, uh, you know, a lot. Like they cared about me, you know. They gave me shoes. Like some people, like there's, there's so much talent in Africa. Like there's so much freaking talent all over the world, but in Africa. If you give a pair of shoes in a kid in Africa, that he's going to remember that for the rest of his life. So all they did is that they care, they care about me, they care about giving the, At the time, I thought, maybe I thought that, but now, you know, um, maybe that, maybe the NBA, that's how it works. You know, a draft pick comes in, you know, get, get shoes, get free stuff. But at the time, I was like, they gave me, they care about me, they gave me all this stuff. I, I loved it, man. I, lo- I loved every, every uh, second of it. The most important part of the access to Giannis, the chance for Atlanta's doctors to put him through an extensive physical exam. We go get this physical. I'm I'm shaking, you know. Like, what is this? I've never, like, gotten physical before. Before in uh, my team in Greece, they was like, okay, are you hot? You're good to go, you know. (laughs) Play. Um, So I got in. I did the physical. uh, Check my back, check my heart, everything. Danny Ferry. Our doctor called me and said, how old is this kid? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, I think, is that 18? He goes, are you sure? And I go, what? You think he's older? I go, no, I think he's younger. His growth plates are wide open right now. Um, are you like, are you kidding me? And like, you get giddy. You're giddy through this whole thing, and you're just hoping this can all work out. He uh, stayed in my house from there. We got 
pasta and chicken and um, had a big feast. He played ping pong and chess with my kids. Uh, he and his brother, you know, had the downstairs of our house to themselves. It was huge. Going to his house, I remember driving in the driveway in the suburbs. Like, where the hell are we going? Open the door up. What? <laughs> this is what NBA money gets you? Man. Mr. Danny Ferry, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm telling you now. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. That's the least to worry about. If, if I can get this like you for my family, man. They had like buffet. We ate, made this, uh, made this family. I think, I think Coach Bad was there. Coach Bad was there. Coach, I don't know if Coach Bad remembered this. He probably does, but he was there. He was with his family and all that. Um, so that that all I remember, and I remember he was like Danny Ferry for some reason, but I remember at the time he was like tough, deep voice, like he was kind of scared, like you kind of you were like he was like you were like kind of scared of him. I was like, oh this, I was like this guy's gonna run me through the you know the mud. I'm like, but I can do it. I can do it. The visit couldn't have gone any better. Only one question remained. Would Giannis Antetokounmpo make it to the Atlanta Hawks on draft night? We got in the car, they had this uh, car service. So we said hi. We, we, they were like, you know, joking around, not with me, with, uh, you know, Yorgos. And like, we've seen a few, you know? Seen a few days. I already like, I'm a person that visualized stuff. So I already visualized myself being around Atlanta, right? So there was like, well, yeah, we've seen a few days, Yanis. Yeah, that never happened. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.